Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh 
השלום, מלאך העליון, מי מלך מלכם להכין, הקדוש ברוך
Thank you. 
ציינו שבשמיים שתתמלא רחמים על החתן והכלה
Oh. 
JM. Wait, we'll get to that. JM in the AM. That's um, that's Yehuda Green with Birchas Achodesh, uh, which is what we said last week, because tonight is Rosh Chodesh, <clears throat> and tonight starts Shabbos Achodesh as well. As we get set for three Torahs this Shabbos and a uh, um, a, a unique, to say the least, a unique Shabbos. Uh, for that reason and many others. A Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM on this March the 16th, the 29th of Adar. Again, it's Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayikra, Erev Parshas Achodesh. We will have Vahalel tomorrow. We will have uh, Atayatzarta and Musaf. We will have three Torahs. It should be a very interesting, unique, and special Shabbat. Candle lighting at 643 on this Erev Shabbos, 643. Uh, we're now on daylight saving time, so 6:43 is the uh, is the adjustment that's been made. Now that we've uh, sprung forward one hour, Chaim Shal Shalom done by Yaakov Shweki. You heard Mordechai Shapiro's Hayom. Shlakrock, Yehuda Green, of course, so was in there with Birch Tachodesh. Shlakrock with Tzor Mishalo, Shalom Aleichem, and Vishamru done by the Moshav Band, and Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 34 degrees, partly cloudy with a high of 39. Right now, 57 in Yerushalayim, 34 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Big day today, of course. Malcolm Honline joins us this hour, uh, over an hour from now. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll do the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin will be on. We'll take this show until 9 o'clock and a full day of amazing Arab Shabbos programming for you all through the day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Plenty happening. It's an early Friday morning. Tell everybody you know, turn us on now at JM in the AM.
Spalo Gamberino Uwe Zolo Toich Emunei Amsegur Blava Bohoi Bohoi Besholoi Bohoi Besholoi Ateres Palo Gamberino Uwe Zolo Toich Emunei
Shabbos angels are peeking through my window. Ima's lighting candles and Abba's going to show. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom to every one of you. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom to every single Jew. The Shabbos Malka is peeking through my window. Ima's lighting candles and Abba's going to show. Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbos, good Shabbos, a very sweet Shabbos. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos, to every single Jew. Ah, how sweet it is to come home from shul on Friday night, to be greeted by the warm smell of challah, the Shabbos candles glowing, and a beautiful Shabbos table set for a king. that the Shabbos angels are watching us and saying, wow, what a beautiful Shabbos table. May it be so beautiful again next week, too. The Shabbos angels are peeking through my window. Imma's lighting candles and Abba's going to show Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom To every one of you Good Shabbos, good Shabbos Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom To every single Jew J.M. in the A.M. Uncle Maishi, The Mitzvah Men, volume number 19, believe it or not, with that song uh, entitled Shabbos Angels here at J.M. in the A.M. That is the latest from Uncle Maishi, volume number 19 from the Suki and Ding release. Before that, Eitan Katz with Bowie B'Shalom. You heard Amram Adar and Bowie Kala. Chaim Shal Shalom was Yaakov Shweki. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, J.M. in the A.M. Um... The the big Shabbos coming up is a three-Torah Shabbos, believe it or not. Parshas Vayikra, Parshas Achodesh, Rosh Chodesh. We've got it all tomorrow with candlelighting in the New York area. Daylight savings time, 643. 643 is your candlelighting time. In uh, Yerushalayim, just after 11 a.m. Eastern time, we'll be candlelighting. Just after 11 a.m. Eastern time, so a little bit more time than usual on a Friday morning to be in touch with our friends and relatives in Jerusalem. And uh, Israel will go to Daylight Savings Time a week from today, right? I believe it's a week from today. Partly cloudy with a high of 39. Right now, 57 degrees in Yerushalayim. 34 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Malcolm Honline will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. 
Rabbi Yudin, of course, in hour number three, and plenty more on a Friday. Keep it right here at the Nachum Siegel Network with JM in the AM.
the amazing and incredible Rav Ravin. That is uh, Shlomo Kalbach, of course, here at JM in the AM. Before that, that Uncle Maishi selection from volume number 19. Uh, I am told that Uncle Maishi is going to have some uh, performances during Kolomoid Pesach. As soon as we have that information, we'll certainly pass it along to you. And you'll have an opportunity to spend uh, one of your days or more of Cholamoid uh, Pesach with Uncle Maishi. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayikra. Candle lighting at 6.43. We're on daylight saving time. That is the uh, the new normal, as they say. 34 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 39. Remember, Sunday, Yeshiva League Championships, led by championship coach Elliot Weiselberg. Elliot Weiselberg, who uh, became a championship coach yesterday with YCQ, in Yeshiva Hockey is going to be uh, the anchor of our broadcasts uh, that start 1 p.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday with a big thank you to our friends at Uden's Appliances, Uden's Appliances, uh, both in Wyckoff and Passaic, New Jersey. A big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Big thank you to uh, Regal Bank, based in Livingston, New Jersey, regalbanknj.com. Uh, Sunday, 1 p.m., that's when it all begins. Oh, yes, and you get an opportunity if you go to NahumSiegel.com to see the Yeshiva League Hockey Championships, JV and Varsity, wishing best of luck to all the teams, everybody around the world. Get ready to watch this coming Sunday beginning at 1 p.m. Uh, just go to NahumSiegel.com. You will notice it. You will notice it. Uh, it'll be obviously noticeable. <laughs> it'll be obvious and noticeable on the website. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly Tzal is in the background, I believe. Is Golly Tzal? Oh, there we go. Golly Tzal is in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up here at the top of the hour. And then continue with plenty more. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update with Malcolm is on the way, 7.40 Eastern Time. Rabbi Yudin, of course, lots to talk about with this Shabbos. He'll speak to us about 8.15 Eastern time this morning. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2, uh, 1 p.m. newscast for a Friday is next at JNN. Galei Tzal, Shachat, Kanran Yavnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. שמונה פצועים בהם ילד בן ארבע במצב אנוש בתאונת דרכים בכביש 90 סמוך למלונות ים המלח. כתבנו גל חן מעדכן כי צוות של מדה בסיוע מסוקים צבאיים מפנה לבית החולים סורוקה גם גבר ואישה כבני שלושים שנפצעו בינוני וחמישה פצועים קל. החשוד שהשתלט על קבר הנווטת אמר אריאל זכרה לברכה והטריד את משפחתה, הסגיר עצמו למשטרה, כתבתנו פי גוטמן. החשוד הסגיר את עצמו הבוקר בתחנת המשטרה בקריית מלאכי ונמצא כעת בחקירה. בהמשך יועברו חומרי החקירה לגורמי התביעה שיעמידו את החשוד לדין באשמת הטרדה ואיומים, פגיעה בפרטיות וברכוש ואף הפרת צו הרחקה. פרשת סרטון המין של הכדורגלן אנטוני ורן מביתר ירושלים. ארגון הסיוע לנפגעי תקיפה מינית הגיש תלונה במשטרה בחשד לאונס ולהפצת הסרטון. כתב חדשות הספורט אופיר יונתן. אמש הוגשו במשטרה שתי התלונות, האחת בחשד לאונס קבוצתי בצעירה הנראית בסרטון ומסביבה ארבעה גברים ביניהם אנטוני ורן מבצעים במעשים מגונים קשים והתלונה השנייה על הפצת הסרטון בבקשה לבדיקת מקור ההפצה. המשטרה בוחנת את המקרה ועדיין לא פתחה בחקירה. אנשי הפלג הירושלמי צפויים להפגין לקראת כניסת השבת ולחסום צירים במספר ערים במחאה על מעצר עריק, כתבנו יאיר אורביטו. 
אנשי הפלג הירושלמי יקיימו מעמדי קבלת שבת מלווים בחסימת כבישים בירושלים בצומת ירמיהו שמגר, באשדוד ברחוב אליעזר בן הורקנוס ובמודיעין עילית ברחוב חפץ חיים. המוחים יפגינו על המשך מעצרו של היעריק המקורב להנהגת הפלג. רשות האוכלוסין וההגירה סירבה את כניסתם לארץ של שני אזרחי אירלנד מחשש שיפריעו לכוחות הביטחון, כתבנו ניר שוויד. השניים באו לארץ הלילה בשעה שלוש יחד עם קבוצה של 25 בני אדם שהגיעו לטענתם למטרות תיירות. לאחר שזוהו בשדה התעופה כמי שהשתתפו בעבר בהפגנות אלימות, נלקחו חברי הקבוצה לתשאול והודו כי סיבת הגעתם לארץ היא השתתפות במחאות. שני מנהיגי הקבוצה נשלחו בחזרה לאירלנד, השאר הורשו להיכנס לארץ בתנאים מגבילים. לי קאשינג, האיש שעשיר באסיה, פורש מעסקים בגיל 89, כתבנו עירד עצמון שמאייר. לי הודיע כי יפרוש מתפקידו כיושב ראש תאגיד האחזקות CK האצ'יסון היושב בהונג קונג. אל ההון הכריז כי ימשיך לכהן כיועץ בכיר בחברה. בנו ויקטור לי יתפוס את מקומו של אביו בחברת האחזקות. לי קאשינג ידוע כאחד האנשים העשירים בעולם עם הון המוערך בשווי 35 מיליארד דולר. ומזג האוויר למחר, עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך ניתאי ענבי.
J.M. and the A.M. One of the things I noticed on that album by uh, Natanel Hirschstick, the great cantor, uh, the album is called The Art of the Cantor. Um, he has a Pesach medley on there, which we could use uh, in the next couple of weeks. That's, of course, Vishamru has a Natanel Hirschstick here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, where is my list? There we go. Uh, Mordechai Shapiro and Chazdei, you heard Sim Shalom from Shalshalis to open up the hour. Jam the Friday on this Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos. A three Torah Shabbos, believe it or not. Rabbi Yudin joins us at 8.15 to discuss all the Torah portions. Malcolm Honline, 20 minutes from now. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll talk uh, current events. Hey, don't forget, this coming Sunday is the uh, Yeshiva League Hockey Championships. Big thank you to Uden Appliances. Uden Appliances of uh, Main Street and Wyckoff, Brook Avenue in Passaic, New Jersey. They're presenting the hockey games this coming Sunday. Also, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. A big thank you to uh, Regal Bank of New Jersey, regalbanknj.com. Big thank you to everybody who's uh, part of that amazing broadcast, including... Championship coach Elliot Weiselberg, who's going to be leading the broadcast. So there you go. Uh, that's happening Sunday. Don't forget Thursday, if you're in the Passaic Clifton area on Thursday, our extended live lunch is coming Thursday. is going to be from Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey, Allwood Road in Clifton, New Jersey, with our friends from Kedem, with our friends from kosher.com. There'll be a wine tasting and more. 11 a.m. this coming Thursday will be at Seasons. And a big thank you to everybody at Seasons in Clifton. Every time we've done a lot of live radio shows from supermarkets, um, and the, the Seasons group has been amazing to us. They really have been uh, very hospitable. So we're looking forward to being there in Clifton for the very first time this coming Thursday, 11 a.m. until 2 o'clock. Join us, everybody. It should be fun. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to uh, wish a mazel tov to Janet Hode and Billy Cook. They're being recognized at the annual breakfast of Ari Vut this coming uh, Sunday. Uh, information, arivut.org, A-R-E-Y-V-U-T.org. Mazel tov to the honorees this coming Sunday at B'nai Yashurin in Teaneck, New Jersey. Information, like I said, go to the website or dial 201-244-67. All right, weekly update of more is coming up. It's Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM.
ידי דוד, משיח צדקך. על ידי דוד, משיח צדקך. Yeah. 
the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev Shabbos HaChodesh. We got it all this Shabbos. Candle lighting at 643 in New York. In Israel, just after 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, Jerusalem candle lighting time. Um, here, meaning here, Eastern time, it'll be 11 something. Uh, six hour difference between us and Israel right now until the uh, daylight savings time uh, kicks in for Israel. Then it'll be seven again. Uh, you heard Shlomo Katz before that, Sandy Shmueli and Mimkomcha, Mordechai Shapiro's Hashem Melech, Mederech HaMelech, done by Yaakov Shweki to open up those four here at JMNAM. Malcolm Holmline is uh, set to join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. That segment will be coming up. We call it the weekly update. That'll be coming up here at JMNAM. I apologize. There was um, there were a, a whole bunch of app comments I want to say hi to Eric and hello to uh, JM from Teaneck and Yehudis and Yitzchak and New York to Montreal and Yiddy. And I just didn't get to the app comments till now, so I'm sorry about that. Um, oh, someone has regards to us from Mike Feller from Crown Trophy. All right. Yeah, those Crown Trophies are are definitely going to be um are definitely going to be displayed and hoisted. Uh, between those championships that have already been won and the one that's coming up Sunday, the Hockey Championships. Don't forget, you can check out the Hockey Championships on our website, NahumSiegel.com, on the homepage. Uh, that'll be uh, this coming Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Elliot Weiselberg, the championship coach. Mazal tov to Elliot. Um, he's going to be presiding over the broadcast, and uh, you'll see the uh, Junior Varsity and the Varsity. Big thank you to our friends at Uden's Appliances. Wyckoff, New Jersey, and Passaic, New Jersey, for presenting our uh, Yeshiva League Hockey Championships. And again, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, and our friends at um, uh, at the Regal Bank, RegalBankNJ.com. They are also sponsors this coming Sunday of the Hockey Championships. So a big, big thank you to everybody. Hey, also, don't forget, this coming Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be uh, in Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey, for an extended live lunch. We uh, started at 11 a.m., extended live lunch, 11 until 2. And uh, our friends from Kedem will be there with a wine tasting. Our friends from kosher.com will be there. Who knows who else will be showing up? Should be a lot of fun. Seasons, Clifton, New Jersey, um, this coming Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to join us, everybody. Should be a lot of fun. We'll remind you as we go through the week. All right, Malcolm Holmline next. Plenty more at JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM Friday with Regesh and Viazor. Big Shabbos coming up as we stand on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayikra, Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan. New York candle lighting at 6.43. We're now on daylight savings time. Yeah, all of a sudden your Friday became even more productive. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you want to print out, uh, well, hundreds, thousands, certainly, articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos. JewishWorldReview.com. Also, a big thank you to our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas, way beyond just Simcha news, they are reporting a whole bunch of great stuff in their news feed that you should be checking out on a daily basis, including uh, content that they include from us, which I'm very proud of. Go to OnlySimchas.com, OnlySimchas.com. You'll get a taste of exactly what I mean. Uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the Weekly update on this Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. I appreciate that. I always have trouble with uh, you know, well-known people who take stands that they that they either might regret or or maybe they themselves don't understand. Uh, Stephen Hawking passed away. Um, we, because you know, Israel always seems to be uh, I could speak for myself, uh, Israel's always, you know, the the top, if not the uh, you know, very close to the top issue. For us, and he did in fact boycott an academic conference in Jerusalem in 2013. So, was it just a result of the tremendous propaganda of the quote-unquote other side that kept him out of Israel, or did he have specific feelings about Jews and Israel in general? Do we know? Do we know much about him when it comes to this area? Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I, I do remember when he boycotted the uh, the session and and uh, the this, the controversy at the time. But I don't recall any statements from him thereafter, so I can't really say. Yeah, my point being that sometimes we just, uh, you know, we don't know if someone has a specific, uh, uh, you know, hardcore opinion that they will not veer from, or if they're literally a victim of the media or Palestinian propaganda that, you know, simply becomes overwhelming for them, right? Absolutely. So that's that's something to consider when you hear about these boycotts and you hear about the... um, uh, different attitudes that people have toward Israel, and who even remembers what the exact circumstances? I'm not here to defend him. I'm simply saying that 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 this is just, as far as I'm concerned, yet another complicated piece to when famous people, you know, go ahead and either uh, take action against or make statements against Israel. By the way, and and again, I know that these are issues. Or should we dismiss them though? One hundred percent. You know, underestimate right. when when some of the popular figures like. Uh, What's the name? Pink Floyd Waters, right. who's now joining in a song against Israel, who's clearly doctrinarily against Israel, and uh, really crosses every line. I think it's really appropriate for people to make that heard. Yeah, and I'm not here to defend anybody, but but, but like you just pointed out, that's a case of r- a rampant pattern that we constantly see, where where someone is unabashedly you know out there trying to destroy Israel uh, in the media. Um, it's not an isolated episode, or you know certainly can't be regarded as such. Um, I'm so curious. I I know that these are not always the types of issues you comment on, but I'm so curious your reaction. What did you think when you heard that the Jewish day school movement nationwide had a prominent role in the whole uh, gun violence walkout this week? I think that uh, it was the selected schools that participated and where the students really feel connected to the issue. I think it's important and we should, but they should do it under the proper auspices. And, and if the schools 
will help educate the kids, make them feel relevant, and if they feel threatened by the uh, gun violence, it's something that has to be addressed. Our kids, like all other kids, are affected by these things, and and denying it is not an appropriate approach. So I think we're 17 minutes uh, taken out to, in, in whatever way they, they feel appropriate, with Rabbein speaking to them, an assembly doesn't have to be a walk out of the schools, right. uh, but some recognition of this concern, and you see how universal it is, and how <laughs> kids from every walk of life and others feel impacted by uh, by the danger and the threat, even if they didn't personally experience it. All right. All right. No question about that. All right. Washington this week, yet uh, another dismissal, in this case, Secretary of State Tillerson. Um, we, as, again, people who care about what goes on in the United States-Israel relationship, always pay careful attention to who the Secretary of State is. Uh, is. Is the fact that Pompeo is replacing Tillerson good or bad in terms of the U.S.-Israeli relationship? Well, Pompeo is uh, well-known as a staunch supporter of Israel. Uh, I think it will uh, strengthen the ties. Tillerson uh, certainly manifested no anti-Israel, or uh, but it wasn't a priority for him. It, he was involved in so many other areas of the world, and because the negotiations really were uh, Jared Kushner and uh, David Friedman and Jason uh, doing it, that he was more involved in other parts uh, of the world. But some of his positions, which were at variance uh, with the president, there were reports that you know he didn't favor the Jerusalem move at the time, which can be a legitimate position. It doesn't make somebody hostile to Israel because right. we're a variety of views. <laughs> but Pompeo is known, and if the reports that are circulating are true that Mr. McMaster, General McMaster, is on his way out and uh, John Bolton is a, a lead candidate to come in, and you you add to that Nikki Haley and and Pence, Vice President Pence. I mean, this is a really a very star-studded uh, group in terms of being pro-Israel, unabashedly pro-Israel, uh, and strong supporters of uh, strengthening the U.S.-Israel relationship and on other issues as well on Iran. Very strong positions on Iran. So we'll see, you know, whether they um, take the positions and, and what will happen. I think you'll see the State Department becoming more relevant than it was, perhaps. And Mr. Tillerson um, operated uh, more or less independent of most of the State Department. At least that's what top officials there told me. Uh, I think that uh, under Pompeo, you may see some sort of a reorganization and and. A new relevance again for the State Department and foreign policy issues. Might be heading for a, a pro-Israel all-star team, the way it sounds. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, by the way, under normal circumstances, I would ask you about what you think uh, you know, regarding the background or the backstory of the Tillerson dismissal. But in this White House, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to any of these. I hate to, I hate to sound like the tabloids. But to a degree, it's getting a little bit ridiculous with the revolving door that the White House has become. Well, often after a year, people come and go. It's just that here everything is done high profile. And um, the the fact is that Mr. Tillerson had different views than the president and expressed them. And I think uh, the president 
wanted somebody who was more aligned or attuned with his uh, his views on and he cited the Iran deal in particular but you know we should also note that with all that has been going on the the strength of the US Israel relationship now uh, you know yesterday the Iwo Jima which is an amphibious assault ship with 2000 sailors uh, sailed into Haifa port there are exercises going on in the south between the 26th Marine Expeditionary Force, uh, where they're doing joint uh, maneuvers t- around tunnels to, to teach the Americans uh, what to do in, in tunnel situations. And in the north, uh, or more north, about the um, how to deal with terrorism in semi-urban areas or urban areas where Israel has and we visited this uh, a site where they've reproduced like villages in, in Lebanon so that they could do training exercises to see how you deal with the tunnels inside homes, terror, uh, et cetera, in, uh, in these circumstances. And it's only one example. So while everybody focuses on some of the developments, and at the same time, you know, the Gallup poll came out with the highest ratings on Israel in terms of the American public opinion overall at 64% and amongst adults, 74% pro-Israel versus um, 23 unfavorable, um, whereas Palestinians, I think it was 21% favorable and 71% unfavorable. The um, These are all things that, you know, of course, don't make much news because it tells such a positive story. But the, the the fact is that the U.S.-Israel relationship is in a uniquely strong position. Yeah, the media likes to concentrate on the fact that supposedly, according to the studies that they are quoting, uh, the anti-Israel, anti-Jewish groups just continue to grow in the United States. Well, they're more visible. They're more aggressive. They are there. There are um, they are willing to uh, go to extremes and often using the internet, using other means. But the media which we've seen, you know, that uh, one can argue about fake news, but we certainly see enough fake news uh, where uh, you can exploit any issue. You can make it up. We see it this week. I saw it myself with uh, some of the incredible stuff they write, which with no truth and no uh, basis. You know, there was an amazing story that came out of Britain this week about the Mavi Mamara, if you right. remember it. You remember the yeah, I could, when I saw it, I couldn't believe it was still in the news. <laughs> But that's right. But you know what the story was? That the spokeswoman, the woman who served as the spokesperson at the time of the Mafi Mamara, and this is on tape, where she tells the truth about what really happened and says that it was an American participant on the Mavi Mamara, Ken O'Keefe. He's a former U.S. Marine. She alleges that he, he's the one who grabbed the gun from an Israeli so, uh, soldier and talked about his crazy idea to attack soldiers, um, turn it into a suicide mission, whatever other things uh, she said, that it was because of that that they're fighting, and not because the Israelis initiated it. Now, now, this is the spokeswoman, and you know what a price Israel paid for that Mavim Amar, right? Oh, yeah. In terms of Turkey yep. and apologizing, et cetera, yep. just to get the issue uh, issue resolved. But there, what would think is a rewriting of the history of a, of a significant incident, you get virtually no coverage. Right. So it seems that the passengers, the uh, humanitarians, quote unquote, on board were ready to you know to deal with, negotiate, uh, possibly even surrender to the Israelis. But this one individual decided to take matters into his own hands. Well, that escalated the thing. I don't know what their right. ultimate intent was. 
but uh, uh, they, they did not intend, according to her, until he initiated this action to to have the kind of resistance and escalation of violence. Hey, when the White House calls for a humanitarian crisis evaluation regarding uh, what's happening in the Gaza Strip, uh, shouldn't the PA be represented? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would think so. I would but think. here, 19 countries came together, and, and it is an important story. Uh, as ludicrous as it is that they that they didn't even show up, they're busy declaring today a day of rage, and that they have time for, but they didn't have time to come there because they're angry over the Jerusalem issue. There is no connection between the Jerusalem issue and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Nineteen countries come together to talk about how you assist them, what things can be done to improve the electricity, the water, the food, and et cetera. Um, and, the, the, um, and no one's really stepped forward to with specific proposals. I think they did talk about the general ideas and the administration and the representatives put forward specific ideas and specific criticisms of uh, what the PA has done. And what's interesting is that the onus wasn't put on Israel, but these countries, the 19 countries, including many Arab Muslim countries, sat there with Israel being a full participant. Yeah. And there's going to be a meeting of 90 countries on this uh, about Palestinian aid because of the the UNRWA situation, you know, the cut in funds that the U.S. put forward. And you haven't seen all these guys step up to the plate to make that up. And uh, supposedly this week the U.N. said that they raised $100 million, but there's still a short for $350 million. And all those who said, you know, we don't care what the United States does, we'll make it up. It, it doesn't materialize uh, when, when it comes really when push comes to shove and, and they're asked to uh, to put up the money. Where the they where the they PA, raise it? they raised it from countries that already had made commitments and now we're increasing their commitments. This is supposedly new money. That that's how they described it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know the United States is always the major contributor to right. all of these funds, and there is a, a humanitarian crisis. Uh, the water in the Gaza in 2020 will be un, unpotable, undrinkable. Uh, but what is the PA doing? They're sending their guys instead of to Washington to sit there to the International Criminal Court to bring cases against the uh, Trump administration on the Jerusalem issue and against Lieberman and Netanyahu, uh, supposedly for crimes against the Palestinians. This is a diversion. This is where they try to uh, always go to U.N. agencies or international forward to try and bypass uh, negotiations with Israel or facing up to the realities of the issues and to to avoid it. And here they have a crisis in, in Gaza, and this is not about Hamas or anybody else. It's about the people that they were trying to the, – the meeting in, in the White House was trying to address, and they don't show up. Yeah. The PA is suing, as you said, the United States International Criminal Court. I didn't even know, realize the second part, but the second part we've seen before, right, in terms of Netanyahu and Lieberman being targets of theirs, uh, legal, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the legal circles internationally, right? That, right. That's and the not- ICC has turned down some of the cases that they brought in the past, but that doesn't stop them from doing it again and spending and wasting money uh, on this. And you see also the the internal situation. Uh, is deteriorating all the time with the competition for succession. The bombing uh, attempt against uh, Rami Hamdallah, the prime minister, where yeah, Farage who wanted to kill him? Pardon me. Who do you think wanted to kill him? Uh, I'll say in a second, but but also in the entourage was Farage, whom I discussed last week. Is one of the people. Right. Does he, he's the head of security in the West Bank? That right. he was one of the targets, one of the 
uh, people being muted as a successor to Abbas. So he may have been likely the target. It may have been against him, but there are a lot of sources. Of course, it could be Hamas. It could be others uh, from there, Islamic Jihad. But it also could be the internal competition, because it's as I described last week, they are uh, lining up. For instance, uh, uh, Alalul and uh, Jabil Rajub versus Rami Hamdala. You have uh, against Dahlan. You have against each and against each other, of course. That uh, you have various candidates who are emerging, and we know in the past that you've had these kind of uh, then results where they they resort to violence. They each are mobilizing their own Tanzin groups in in the areas from which they come. Uh, in addition, this, uh, the attack in, in Gaza may, may re- reflect a further escalation. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. So you can't really split the PA succession um, group in, into two into two factions, right? It's really four or five separate interests, right? Four or five candidates, I guess we'd call it, right? Yes, there are. Um, there aren't two camps. Uh, and Farage as, as, as well. Uh, there are at least four or five key candidates and more that could emerge, and some are just using it to, to mobilize, even if they, they don't believe that they will be mm. the successor. I don't know why anybody would want the job. Yeah, well, one thing we see is once uh, once Abbas is gone, we are likely not in for a smooth transition. Well, he's also <laughs> preventing the the head of the corruption unit, who's supposed to, by law, have been removed. He's gave him another term because he's trying to protect the the wealth that his sons have made and the corruption in which they've engaged with that have enabled them to become extremely wealthy. And and I've talked about this for a long time that this is one of his motivations is to protect them and what they've uh, and the wealth that they have been able to accumulate right and in the meantime we see that he's resorting now again to see uh, that, that that he's accusing the jews of massacring uh, muslim kids he doesn't go as far as to say they use the blood to bake matzahs but it's certainly reminiscent of the blood libels of old yeah so that the, the comparison to the old blood libels um the um uh I was just going to ask. Yeah, last last week we uh, we spoke about the possibility of the new elections. It looked less likely because it looked like a deal was coming regarding Haredi draft. This week, am I right that it looks a little bit more shaky and that that draft deal may not be accepted by the religious parties? No, I think that it's in everybody's interest right now not to have elections because the outcome uh, likely could put in jeopardy some of the parties like Lieberman or even Chas, others they say may not make the threshold of five seats. Again, you know, Israeli polling is notoriously uh, unreliable when it compared to the outcome of the polls, but the general trend is that the more they've attacked Netanyahu, the more charged against him, his numbers have gone up. uh, Did you see the Likud number this week in the poll? It's unbelievable. But well, I mean, yeah, the, me- the media is not doing its job. <laughs> well, the media is doing its job, but people don't believe it. And, and unfortunately, there's too often good reason uh, not to believe the media. And uh, we see it here in some of the American Jewish press, and we see it in others, that, you know, truth becomes uh, it's coincidental to, to a lot of the coverage. And there, people uh, just ignore the press when it comes to making the decisions. 
I think that, you know, the outcome when it actually comes to voting in the polls could be different. But there's cer- certainly nobody is seen as a front runner, as a successor. Yair Lapid is talked about most often as the main competition. But within Likud, uh, there's nobody who's stronger or would be BB right now. Yeah, by the way, that may be the biggest lesson. It, it really verified what you told us last week that just. There's just nobody that that has sparked any interest. I mean, I don't remember what the closest party was to Likud in that poll, but there's just there's no interest in anybody. I, I, and there was another number, by the way. I, I don't remember what the number was, but a very strong number about who do you think's best qualified to be prime minister, and he again gets you know a tremendous amount of the vote. And even though they raised their distrust and uh, yeah. and anger over the charges. And feel and clearly have to be uncomfortable with the multiple cases that are up there, but uh, it, when it comes to the bottom line, they still say he is the leader that uh, they most trust and who could has handled Israel, the economy, the, the given the security challenges that we see on Israel's north. I mean, the latest reports now that a North Korean base is, has been right. was under construction for the last seven years, deep in a valley, and. The United States now is monitoring it, and they've seen um, North Korean experts uh, around it. I mean, every day there's a, a new aspect, let alone the constant buildup of the Iranian forces. And the the, the concern is that uh, you know you need a, a really tough leader with experience to to lead Israel at this time. You saw the report that um, uh, Iran is um, is uh, lessening its. Uh show of strength against American ships in the Gulf? It's the harassment of American ships that uh, has decreased. It hasn't been eliminated altogether, and they have threatened other maneuvers when the uh, Saudis and the others were were having maneuvers in the uh, Gulf area. But the, the, the incidents where they you know, would run in front of American ships and stuff, that has decreased. Um, by the way, do you, do you, what did you think of the report? That in this meeting Monday, right? It was was it Monday in the White House that Prime Minister Netanyahu was there? I, th- I think so. Monday. Um, that that the President of the United States said to him, if in fact Iran does not make certain major changes, there will be no more Iran deal with the U.S. Believable, that, believable or not? That that if they do what? If Iran does not make major changes. Oh, the changes. Yeah. So Pence, did, Vice President Pence, did say it. The President, you know, had a hundred and twenty day calendar, which will run out sooner or later, uh, when he has to either sign another waiver, but he's trying to amend it so that he doesn't have two waivers, but given the circumstances now, and the president reiterated that, and again, in the context of what we discussed before with Tillerson and others, right. who supported, you know, staying in the deal, uh, his uh, the new lineup, if it's in place by then, or if they're advising him, uh, may urge, and he is trying to work on changes to the to the deal. The Iranians say they will not accept any changes, but bottom line, they will if the, if it comes to down to the bottom line because they they stand to benefit and uh, much from it or lose a great deal uh, from the additional sanctions and other things that will be put in place and are being still put in place uh, against Russia, against Iran, against others, and they are impactful. We we should not even oh, yeah. if we don't see the day to day. Um, impact in a, a, a measurable way, but it is when you look at this over the time that it does have a serious impact, especially those on banking, oil, other things. And and when they target individuals around uh, Putin or other people, the, the, these things have an impact, and the uh, these measures do do matter. 
All right, the big question of the week, Malcolm. Who is responsible for the attack on Sergei Skripal and his daughter, and what did you think of the reaction out of Great Britain? Well, I think the reaction was of outrage. When I was in London on Sunday and want to give a shout-out to the person who told me that he's been listening for 20 years every month of Shabbos to this broadcast. Nice. Thank and, you. Right, very nice and wonderful people at the seat dinner and very big turnout, very uh, very impressive uh, accomplishments. So, the, you know, this is really such an outrageous attack on a, on a man and his daughter, accused of being a double agent, and there, there appears to be others who may have been uh, subject to these attacks. You know, when you do it on foreign soil, it's, it's not only a violation, it's, it's such an outrage. And the retaliation of removing 23, I think, Russian officials who they accuse of being, um, you know, un, unreported agents, you know, in, who they are essentially accused of spying, and Russia will retaliate in kind, and there will be an escalation. But and the United States joined in the, in the reaction to it. It's not the first time we've heard of this, this kind of use of uh, chemical or other agents uh, against uh, opponents, and it's uh, certainly not an acceptable uh, practice that can be allowed to, to go unchecked, and, and other people put in danger in Great Britain uh, by virtue of the attack in a restaurant or other people, there were other reports indicating that there may have been other uh, facilities or other locales that would be impacted by it. And this decision came from the top, right, as they're accusing uh, uh, Vladimir Putin for, for... Well, that's the accusation, right. Right. And uh, you've you've described to us the type of person he is, and this is not beyond his capability, right? Uh, I, I, given his history and everything, I think he's... Uh, the fact that he... Whether he gave the specific order to do this or not, we don't know. Uh, but the mood that's been created, the atmosphere of retaliation, uh, certainly has been ongoing. Uh, but you can't say that that a particular person gave the order or was part of the decision when we don't know. What was the relationship in general over the last couple of years between Great Britain and Russia? Similar to the U.S. and Russia? More or less. Uh, I would say less confrontational. Uh, but um, there there were incidents before that raised hackles in in Great Britain. But the um, yes, I would say that that relationship could be characterized as similar. And the Russia's, of course, been in the headlines for God knows how long now because of the whole election meddling situation. Are you aware of the fact that Vladimir Putin actually included Jews on the list of those who might really be responsible for the election meddling? Well, certainly, and we have reacted to it. We've called on him to clarify and to issue some sort of a correction because they're saying, well, he didn't mean it that way. He was just throwing it out and saying, well, you don't know that it was Russians. It could be Ukrainians or Tartars or Jews. And we know in the past that, you know, in Russia, there have been all sorts of charges of conspiracies involving Jews or, um, you know, the protocols, et cetera. That uh, this harkens back to days of old. He, he is not an, an anti-Semite in in other ways that the uh, community certainly feels uh, a, a closeness to him, and he's been uh, supportive of the Jewish community in uh, in Russia, and told me and others of his personal connections and as from his youth, etc. So. Um, whether this was just a facetious comment, in which case he should just say so. He should just say that, you know, I wasn't meaning it. I was saying that it could be anybody and was giving examples that uh, were not 
really feasible, like uh, Tartars or Ukrainians or, or Jews. Right. I don't know. It's just it's always fascinating to me, and we touched on this last week when I was asking you about you know whether he's trustworthy or not when it comes to the rebels that are uh, targets of the Syrians. Uh, he's just, he seems to be everywhere. <laughs> he seems to be on every side taking any position just to, you know, either to calm people down or remain in the headlines. And it's even, frankly, it's it's also shocking to me how often it seems the prime minister of Israel's meeting with him. He just does not seem like a trustworthy individual or a guy that you want to put faith in or, you know, make an agreement with because it seems he'll just go whichever direction he wants, you know, afterward anyway. Well, going to what he perceives as his interest, remember, his economy is in very serious shape, bad shape. He's very extended in uh, some areas. The, um, uh, he has tried to uh, give the impression in advance of the elections in, in Russia, which he will win, uh, of a war footing, and the, whether the expeditions in Syria and others are popular or not, I think we'll get some indication, but uh, we know there was, there is some opposition. At the same time, he rallies them uh, to support. Nobody can d- diminish his, his effectiveness, his shrewdness, how he is able to take a, an economy the size of Italy and make it a, a world power yeah. and to use his influence to the maximum. I think that he... Uh, that uh, Putin should never be sold uh, short, and and you're absolutely right about the the playing all sides. In in fact, he has a minimal presence in, in Iran, in Syria, but he now has permanent bases, and uh, air force base, and and the naval base, which is something that Russia has long wanted, and to to leapfrog Turkey, and he's managed to he is successfully managing Turkey and controlling it. Uh, and for instance, in Afrin, they are giving the air rights and the possibility for Turkey to strike in Afrin. But at the same time, you have Russians fighting with the Kurds and and advising them. So it's never a clear, you know, one way, one dimensional picture uh, with him. He pursues the interests. He's building a base in the Sudan. Supposedly, he's looking to expand the footprint uh, of Russia. He wants to be a global power. He's put pressure on some of the countries that were part of the FSU. He is, uh, you know, he comes out of the KGB, so yeah. we know that, and you know that uh, certain uh, things about his thinking. But he he certainly can't be undersold and should not be minimized. And he um, and he has maneuvered himself very cleverly that the talks about Syria are with Turkey and Iran, and the U.S. isn't even present. And you would and you would agree that, or you would encourage that, the open line of communication between Jerusalem and him is a good idea. It's a very good idea. It's very essential because in in Syria, if there isn't coordination, and if the S four hundred system, which is the more advanced system of anti aircraft, would be implemented against Israel and against Israeli planes, so far they weren't. The, the rockets that were fired were were in Syrian hands. And by the way, supposedly there's a new installation in Iraq, but it's not meant to 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 protect Iraq. It's to protect Iran and give them an early warning system should the United States or Israel uh, launch an attack against it, a retaliatory attack or even uh, an initial initiating attack. Uh, But the... the, You've seen the indictments uh, here in the United States of of 13 people about the, for using the social media and uh, interference in the elections and right. stuff. So, you know, the, the, they, they are capable of doing a lot. 
and and he he doesn't care about public opinion in the world so much. He cares about achieving the goals that he wants and to make sure that Russia is a player. And for Bibi, he sometimes needs messages carried to Assad, and Putin's the perfect person to do it, right? That's right, but the coordination is the most important, and also the messages about trying to keep Iran away from the border. You know that mm-hmm. Russia supposedly stopped them from building that new base where they were going to in near Tartus, where they were going to put the missiles and other uh, equipment to be used against Israel, and supposedly the the Russians um, nixed that, but. Again, Iran has been allowed to put 90,000 people in, in there. They're, they're doing the population exchange. They're, they're expanding their control and building the highway across the four countries in the Shiite Crescent. So those are, are also realities that we have to face. Uh, finally, Malcolm, the uh, terms of uh, Ambassador Ron Dermer and uh, UN Ambassador Danny Danone are, are coming to an end soon. I didn't even realize how quickly. Uh, do you think these uh, both of those terms will be renewed? I think it's very possible that they be renewed. Yeah, um, Danone is known to have political aspirations in Israel, and I guess it will depend on his timing. Um, and all of them have children, and they have to see how the schedules work and um, you know, where the better platform for the future. And Dermer, um, uh, uh, I don't know that he has political aspirations in Israel, but he remains very close to the prime minister and, and a key advisor. So... You know, they they also have children, and I guess they don't want the children to be out of Israel too long. Those are all, people forget the personal aspects and and sacrifices people make. Sounds like as long as Bibi's around, the two of them will be around. Well, Danone could be a political challenger, um, according to some. And uh, he he had a platform which he has, uh, you have to say, exploited very successfully. He's been highly, highly visible. He's done... Uh, very um, assertive actions. Uh, most recently, the exhibition at the UN, to which which the Prime Minister attended. Right. So he's been uh, very visible and and built a close relationship, I think, with um, Ambassador Nikki Haley. All right, uh, I thank you as usual. We will speak Bezrat Hashem next week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a great Shabbos, and everybody be well. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. A major American Jewish organizations joins us for the weekly update here Fridays at JM in the AM. Reminder, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, that's Rabbi Yudin Shul. Their 43rd annual dinner is Sunday at Keter Torah in Teaneck. It's Rabbi Yudin's 49th year with the Shul. There are many distinguished guests of honor for this coming uh, Sunday night's dinner. Information, reservations, etc. 201 791 7910. 201 791 7910. One zero. Also wanted to wish a Mazal Tov to Janet Hode and Billy Cook. They are the honorees of the Arivut Breakfast this coming Sunday, happening at B'nai Yashurin in Teaneck, New Jersey. Go to arivut.org for information, arivut.org. Don't forget Sundays, the Yeshiva Hockey Championships. Elliot Weiselberg, the champion coach, Mazal Tov to him. He'll be leading our broadcast 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday with the Hockey uh, Championships. Tune in. That's uh, brought to you by Uden's Appliances of Wyckoff and Passaic, New Jersey, and uh, includes sponsorships by our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, Regal Bank of New Jersey, RegalBankNJ.com, and we thank them all very, very much. It's happening 1 o'clock Sunday Eastern Time. Just go to NahumSiegel.com. You'll see it on our homepage. And the next Thursday, we're at Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Next Thursday, we're at Seasons 
in Clifton, New Jersey. Join us starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time for an extended live lunch. Uh, it'll be a great show. Our friends from Kedem will be there with a delicious wine tasting. Our friends from kosher.com will be there. Looking forward to an amazing live lunch next Thursday from Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Um, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Do we not have? Oh, here we go. Do, oh, no, we don't. Okay, hang on a second, everybody. We're going to get to we're going to get to Rabbi Yudin. We are going to get to Rabbi Yudin. Uh each and every Friday morning, uh the spiritual leader of congregation Shomri Torah in the Fairlaw, New Jersey. Ah, boy. All right, sorry about that. Um All right, now it seems that we're ready to go. This time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. <clears throat> Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Wow. Tomorrow we have the privilege of taking out three Sifrei Torah. It is a Kodak moment. Shabbos Kodak moment. We can't take a picture, but upstairs in Shemayim, they are taking special note. The first Sefer, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayikra. We start the third book of the Torah. And according to the Chinuch, there are 11 positive mitzvos and five restrictions found in this parsha. We begin... The Book of Corbonos. Discuss at your table tomorrow night why there is a Aleph Zeira, a small Aleph in the very first word, Vayikra, that the Sofer writes that letter in smaller print. Now, from the second Sefer Torah, we read Rosh Chodesh coming from Parshas Pinchas, tomorrow being Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And finally, from the third Sefer Torah, we read from Parshas Bo, the beginning of chapter 12, HaChodesh Hazeh Lochem. That was the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a people in Egypt, namely a Jewish calendar, that our calendar is unique. Our calendar is, on the one hand, a lunar calendar, right? And secondly, our calendar is also to be in sync with the solar calendar because the Yom Tov that we're going to celebrate, the Torah says in several places that you are to make sure that we celebrate Pesach in Chodesh Aviv in the springtime, which is why seven out of 19 years we add a leap year to make sure that we don't fall behind between the lunar and solar calendars. I'd like to discuss an interesting aspect about the Korbanos and please God to tie it in with the forthcoming Yom Tov of Pesach. And that is the following. At the very beginning of Sefer Vayikra, if you take note 
at the end of the first paragraph, and that is in Pasuk 9. And then again, if you go to Pasuk Yud Gimel, Pasuk 13, then again if you go to Pasuk 17, what do you find? And this is repeated again. The Torah says that, especially the Karban Ola, the Torah says it is to be Ishei Reach Nichoach Lashem. It is to be a fire offering, a satisfying aroma to Hashem. Now, this is a very challenging phrase. You and I enjoy a pleasant aroma. Proof, every Mozart Shabbos, we make a bracha over the psamim, over the spices. The primary reason for this, our rabbis tell us, is because on Shabbos, Shavas Vayina Fash, we are given a additional neshama, a neshama yaseira. And this neshama yaseira, Rashi says in the beginning of the second chapter of Beitzah, number one, helps the Jew to eat foods that normally he doesn't eat during the week, a richer diet for many people over the centuries, as well as a psychological boost enabling the Jew to literally transcend his everyday needs. On a very personal note, my late father, Zechron Levracha, had his own business, and very often he didn't have your traditional nine to five hours, and oftentimes he had to work on Motsoi Shabbos and on Sunday, but never on Shabbos or Yom Tov. The ability on Shabbos to transcend and not allow the everyday worries and concerns. I have to deliver. I have to. I need to collect. I owe. They owe me, which are so natural to a businessman. It's as if when on Friday you close your business, you're retiring. That is a special gift of the Neshama Yaseira. And therefore, when that Neshama Yaseira, additional soul, leaves us after Shabbos, we have the spices to console our Neshama, having lost this special additional gift for Shabbos. So you and I, as human beings, can appreciate a pleasant spice, a pleasant aroma. Unfortunately, especially those of us who might live in, quote, the suburbs, from time to time, there's not such a pleasant aroma when you can smell a skunk. What does it mean, however, when the Torah ascribes to Hashem, who's incorporeal, he has no body, he has no nose? What does it mean, a reach nichoach l'ashem? It is a satisfying aroma to Hashem. So I have in front of me the Ma'asei Hashem, a Rishon, who takes note. The first time you have this expression of Reach Nichoach is when Noach comes out of the Teva in chapter 8 in Parshas 
Noach. And what does he do? He takes the seven pair of kosher animals that Hashem told him to take along, and Vayal Olos Pamizbeach. He offers them as burnt offerings on the altar. And then listen carefully. Vayorach Hashem there it is. Hashem literally smelled the pleasing aroma. And what does he say as a result of this? Hashem says, I will not continue ever again to curse again the ground because of man. So clearly something has happened with this Korbanos, which A, please Hashem, and pleases Him so much that He has said, that's it, never again will there be a Mabel. Explains the Masa Hashem, very sharp. What does it mean? The sense of smell is different from the other senses. You don't have to touch it, you don't have to see it, you know that it's there. Namely, I'll give you a good example. Thank you for inviting me for dinner. I'm about to knock on the door to tell you I've arrived, and I stop and I pause and I smell the fish. So I know there's fish for dinner. Have I seen it? No. Have I touched it? No. But the sense of smell leads me to believe that that is what is going to be in the future. We're going to be eating fish. What's true regarding man and his sense of smell is a concept that the Torah is telling us, especially with the Korbanola. What does it mean to bring an offering, a Korban from the word Korov? Man wants to get close to Hashem, and he makes a resolution when he brings this Korban. Now, it might take time. It might take a day, a month, a year or more for a person to accomplish that goal. But Hashem Kaveyochol smells, i.e. Hashem looks into the future and he sees, wow, that there's going to be this improvement in the individual. Hashem looks upon it as if it's already happened, as if you can see the fish, as if you can taste the fish already. It's The idea is It's a portend of what's going to be in the future. Similarly, therefore the Medrash says, on this Pasuk in Parshas Noach, chapter 8, Pasuk 21, the Medrash says that what does Hashem see at that time? He sees Avram Avinu thrown into the Kivshan Oesh. He sees Hananiah, Azariah, Mishoel thrown into the furnace on the occasion of Nebuchadnezzar's birthday. Hashem sees and says, Wow, look is what's going to emerge from Noah. Look what's going to happen. Look at the kind of individuals that they're going to be in the future. So the future is what saves the day in the time of Noah. Why does Hashem say, I will never again bring a Mabul? Because of the future. Watch what happens at Pesach. Moshe is at the burning bush, and Hashem tells Moshe what the game plan is. We're going to take you out of Egypt. And this is the sign that 
I am behind all this. When you take the Jewish people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now, wait a second. Rashi explains this to mean the following, that Moshe is asking Hashem, wait a second, what merit do the Jewish people have that they should come out of Egypt? And you know what Hashem's answer is? Hashem's answer is that they will accept the Torah. Wait a second. What do you mean they will accept? But right now, what's the merit? So the future is that which vindicates the present. The future is that which gives a purpose to the to the it comes from the present. It's an incredible idea. And that's the smell of Hashem seeing the future. And because Am Yisrael accepted the Torah at Har Sinai, and that makes all more significant our Dayenu at the Pesach Seder. Ilukervanu Lifnei Har Sinai, right? Which is the condition of our leaving. So just coming before Har Sinai, says the Gemara in Shabbos towards the very end, this purged the Jewish people of their zuhama, any impurity that they had. And this is the ultimate purpose. So the future vindicates the present. We live in the present that we are today because of the sacrifice of our parents and grandparents all the way back. And therefore, I ask everyone who's listening... How important are your actions? You should realize that your actions are a deposit in the divine bank of mitzvos, in the divine bank of chesed. And your goodness now is going to help Amir Tzashem, your children, your grandchildren, and future generations. Do we understand it? No. Where is the closest place I can show this to you in the Torah? Says the Masay Hashem, Vayorach Hashem, Esreach HaNichoach. God smelled the pleasing aroma, meaning he was able to see into the future. Wow, how exciting this is. Remember, we are embarking now on cleaning for Pesach, not spring cleaning. Don't confuse the two. Save your energy for the Pesach Seder, where there is legitimately some chametz. Good. Should you look through the pockets? Yes. But this isn't the time to take everything out in spring cleaning. No. Remember, what you're doing now, your exertion for Pesach, is not only for the moment, but you are unknowingly helping the future generations as well. And so, what a beautiful insight how what we do in our success, we shouldn't pat ourselves on the back that hard. It's coming from the self-sacrifice of our parents and ancestors before us. And just as in the case of Choni Amagol, of planting the tree for the future, our chasadim, our cleaning for Pesach, and our Mirz Hashem 
embracing the Yom Tov, please God, two weeks from tomorrow night is not only for us, but please God, an investment in our wonderful future. Shabbat Shalom and a good Chodesh to all.
J.M. the M. Friday with the Aish Kodesh cast and Shalom Aleichem. Before that, Benny Friedman here on a J.M. the M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh, yeah. Erev Rosh Chodesh Nisan, believe it or not. Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayikra. Erev Shabbos HaChodesh, my gosh. An amazing Shabbos coming up. Candlelighting 643. We're on Daylight Savings Time, keep in mind. 
6.43, candle lining. Naomi Nachman coming up next. She has a table for two edition, an encore edition coming up. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami. Matis has JM Sunday beginning 7 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. And, um, oh, Monday I'm not here. Matis is taking over Monday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Monday we get to celebrate the Bar Mitzvah of Gavriel Siegel. And I'm looking forward to it like you can't imagine. Uh, Stacy and I are very thankful to everybody out there for their good wishes as we've uh, as we've drifted into Bar Mitzvah season for the Siegel family and uh, B- uh, Gavri's uh, <laughs> home was said Benjamin uh, Gavri's official uh, Bar Mitzvah uh, this coming Monday at Manhattan Day School and we'll have a chance to celebrate at a different time uh, but we are looking forward to it and that's where I will be Monday morning so Monday morning Matis is scheduled to uh, be in charge. I thank him in advance. I'll be doing Sunday's program between 7 and 9, Monday's program between 6 and 9. And uh, I am back uh, officially Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. here at JM in the AM. 1 o'clock Sunday is the live broadcast from the Hockey Championships. Elliot Weiselberg, the championship coach. Mazal tov to Elliot. He's going to be calling the games for NSN. He'll be there starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch all the hockey action on our website, nachomsegel.com. Big thank you to Uden's Appliances of Wyckoff and Passaic. They are uh, presenting sponsor of our broadcast on Sunday. And, of course, a big thank you to Rothenberg Law Firm, Regal Bank, and Jay. <clears throat> they are both uh, sponsors of the program. And we thank them all very, very much for uh, helping us bring the uh, the games to everybody. Certainly going to be a lot of fun. And don't forget Thursday. Thursday, we're at Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Thursday, we're at the Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, that's where we will be for a uh, extended live lunch with our friends from Kedem and a delicious wine tasting with our friends from kosher.com. It's going to be a lot of fun, so uh, make sure to be there. Seasons in Clifton, New Jersey. And a big thank you to Mayor Gold and his entire staff in Clifton for opening things up for us this coming uh, Thursday. Very much looking forward to it. Simcha Liner at JM in the AM. Milchamot kashot vidifot kawot bechol zman bechol makom עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים צוררים קשים שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לרחובות העיר, ניקח אוויר Avarnu et paro, na avor gamet ze. 
Navar done by uh, Simcha Liner. JMM Friday on this era of Shabbos. Candlelighting New York, 643. Daylight saving time. Again, uh, Monday Matis is in. He'll be in Sunday, 7 until 9. Monday, 6 until 9 live. And I thank everybody who's already commenting on the app about our big Mazel Tov. I appreciate that very much. Um, looking forward to the bar mitzvah this coming Monday. Uh, best wishes for a very happy birthday going out to our newest grandson, writes uh, listener Cena Yehuda Rosen from Borough Park. Yehuda, we're so happy you've joined the family, and you know you've uh, really made it to the big leagues when Nachum announces your special day in his special way. <laughs> Wishing you a fabulous birthday and a wonderful year ahead. Thank you for all the nachos you've already given us. We're looking forward to much more down the road. Love from Bubby and Zadie, Florida. We know them as Cena and Ira. Uh, down in uh, the Sunshine State. Simple as that. Time to say good Shabbos. Journeys is on. You're listening to JM in the AM. Shining through the trees 
Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com. On the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, tonight starts Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Nisan begins tonight. Don't forget, it's also Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayikra and Erev Shabbos Achodesh. Three Torahs tomorrow. Candle lighting in the New York area, 643. A lot of synagogues. Are going to get used to the brand new time. After all, we're now on daylight saving time, so it's later than usual. Six or what we're used to. Six forty-three. That's what we're calling candlelighting time in the New York area. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. A Sunday, JM Sunday with Matis beginning at seven o'clock. 
Monday, Matis hosts JMNAM between 6 and 9. Thanks for all the Mazel Tov wishes regarding Gavri Siegel's Bar Mitzvah. And um, uh, coming up next, Naomi Nachman with Table for Two, then Mark Zamek and the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. Um, Saturday Night Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. And don't forget, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Yeshiva League Hockey Championships on the homepage at NachumSiegel.com. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend, till Tuesday for me, Sunday and Monday for Matis. Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>